Okay, well welcome everybody. It's episode 6 of Nace Pod, and we're going to be talking about... Uh, the t- well, the title of this one is Create, Don't Sacrifice. Um, and this is uh, a busy week for me, because I'm speaking uh, a couple of times, well, over the next few weeks, about worshipping things on a, on a school, so... What I thought I'd do is kind of give you a little bit of what I might be talking about there and then, and then we'll be sorting that out. Um, so this is it, Create Don't Sacrifice, episode six, happy days. I'm Nath, and here we go. Um, so I start off with this as um, we're looking at 1 Samuel 15, 22, um, which says this, and Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. And so what we have is this kind of amazing verse in my eyes, with which when you think about the Bible and you think about the first books um, and all that happens, the exacting measurements of the tabernacle that Moses is given and all of the instructions he's given in Leviticus which is essentially a whole book about what happens in the tabernacle and the temple uh, and how you sacrifice things and what's the right sacrifice for the right time for the right thing you want to celebrate whether it's thanksgiving or peace offering or whatever suddenly you have this verse that comes from a prophet Samuel that says does God actually want burnt offerings and sacrifices? He says, no, it's better to obey than to sacrifice and to listen to the fat of rams. Which, in terms of Old Testament and Hebrew scriptures, is a, is a massive deal because the whole thing is built around the temple system, the sacrificial system. And for a prophet of God uh, to say this kind of really is a bit of a game changer. Now, when we read this, of course, we think, oh, it's better to obey than to um, than to sacrifice. It's really funny, you know, because we think we hear the word obey and we think, oh, you know, I've just got to do whatever they say and that's it. You know, I just kind of they'll give me the exact instructions and I just have to carry that out. But actually, what what seems to be happening here is uh, something a little bit different. Okay, because in Hebrew, the word uh, obey is actually the word shema, which you may recognize if you've, um, the shema is a very famous prayer in Deuteronomy um, in the Old Testament. So that's the one that starts, um, hear O Israel, uh, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So that's the beginning of that famous prayer. And Shema is actually the word to hear or listen to. And it's also translated obey. So the word Shema comes up over a thousand times in the Old Testament and 130 times is um, translated as obey. So here we have something that actually is less about... Um, that is more about taking time to hear than it is just carry out the instructions that you're given. 
So it's far more relational in, in what it's saying here. So when he says it's better to listen, behold, to listen is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So it's, it's much better that I hear, try and hear what God is saying than just do what I've been told. Somehow he wants to, he wants to expand the Israelites' understanding of who he is and how he wants a relationship with them because that was the idea from the very start, right? He says that he brings them out of Egypt in Exodus uh, and he says, uh, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you <clears throat> from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians so all the way through God's like man I don't want I want relationship with you guys I want uh, I want to be with you guys and I want to uh, I want to do this together I want to partner together with this but of course culture in those times you can't that's just kind of almost kind of not in their heads <laughs> um they kind of almost can't understand that and so they keep putting things in the way so they said to moses you go up the mountain when the when god's glory was there he called them all up but they said no you go because we're a bit scared and then later on just before this verse uh, in 1 samuel fifteen twenty two, where we're talking about offerings and listening, um, they actually decide that they want a king. Um, and Samuel, before this, lists out all the reasons why you probably shouldn't have a king because, you know, because it's not going to go very well for them. Um, but they they do want a king anyway, and so they say, well, even with all the bad stuff, yeah, we want a king because we want to be like everybody else. Uh, and so they appoint Saul as king. And one of the first things uh, in this chapter that Saul is asked to do is to go up against the uh, the Amalekites uh, and completely destroy them. Everything that they have, he wants to completely destroy. And he says, okay, and he goes off and he conquers them, puts them to the sword, but he, he keeps Agag and he keeps all of the best of the flocks and the herds and things to come and sacrifice to God. And this is where this verse comes in. Has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? And Samuel here is saying to him, hey, look, God didn't say to do that, right? Saul was kind of, it seems like Saul may have been stuck in the rules and wanting uh, the sacrificial system, just tell me what to do and I'll do it, and wanted that servant thing. Whereas Samuel's here seems to be saying God wants some kind of deeper connection, deeper relationship with you. Uh, and somehow that is to do, that is better than the worship you're currently giving. And so worship then becomes more and more about this kind of connection. It's almost like Saul couldn't hear past uh, go and strike Amalek, the Amalekites. And then kind of stops listening. It's like, okay, I know what to do. I go and I just do these bits. I, I destroy everything. And then I give the best to God. Which, I, you know, is nice. I think, you know, we should always give God our best. But, but God didn't say to do that. God wants more than that. He doesn't want worship through sacrifice and animals and things. He wants worship through connection with him. That's the greatest worship we can have. To be connected to him. 
and hearing him and living with him and doing things with him. And so he preferred the rules rather than relationship. He preferred to just do the thing that I know to do rather than waiting to hear from God. But other times, and this is something I'm probably more like, is we're better at hearing what God says and not very good at doing. You see, we need to kind of have both here. <laughs> we need to marry these two together somehow. And it's a bit like Jonah, you know, we we kind of like hear God and it's like, oh, that's a nice idea. And then we don't do anything about it. Or in the case of Jonah, we hear it and we say, no chance. This is never going to happen. Why would I ever do that? Um, and we know what happens with him, with fishes and all sorts. So here we have, we need to kind of, that the, the Old Testament here seems to be trying to get them out of the sacrificial system into we need to hear. But it's something to do with hearing and doing, which is where we go to the New Testament into a book, into the book of James. And in James one twenty two, this is another famous one, a famous verse in the Bible. James one twenty two is, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So we need to hear, but then we also need to go with what we've heard. Go with that feeling that we have that we should do this, or with that um, idea that's come into our head, that thought that's come into our head. Let's go and do something. Let's try something out with this. And actually... Uh, the word doers in this verse, in one twenty-two, but be doers of the word, is actually the Greek word poiates, poiates, um, which actually means to be a maker, a producer, or an author. So we go from obey so we kind of, I imagine we kind of put together obey and do as the same kind of thing. You just hear the instruction, you just carry it out. But this word, the word translated as doer in this version of the Bible, is actually something that's far more creative, seemingly. It seems like it's, um, uh, you don't just carry out the instructions. It's like, almost like God said something to you, and then you get to partner with him in making that happen. It comes from, it also, so the root word of poiates is poieo, which is to make, um, to be authors of, to produce, construct, form, fashion, all of these things. So it's kind of like you're moulding something with God. You're not just, just carrying out the instructions like Moses did with the building the tabernacle and the temple and all of those kind of things. God's coming and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. These are the things that I'd like to happen, would you come and get involved? And it's almost like he kind of wants to see your ideas, which is amazing, right? <laughs> that I get to do this with him, that he's interested in my ideas. And maybe even he's saying these things to, to us because we're the people who have the way of doing it. We think differently to others or uh, we do things differently or um, we come from a different culture, we come from a different place than other people and we bring something fresh to it. And so it's almost like suddenly God's voice is no longer uh, a command like it was as they understood it in the Old Testament, but suddenly God's voice is an inspiration. It's like this inspirational moment that we go, oh, this, I'd love to do this. 
and it's like he, he inspires me. It's like it sparks something in me to do something, rather than being this is how you have to do it, and this is how uh, it has to be. And if you go, if you step out of line, it's it's gone because because that's who he is. And we're trying to as as we're going along, he's kind of showing us, like Jesus said, that he he no longer calls us servants, but he calls us friends. Because servants are people who, uh, who, who experience him, God as like a boss, right? So he gives the command, and I just have to do it. And there's not really any relationship there. Whereas with a friend, it's like you're sharing ideas. If you've ever chatted with someone and you start to just, I don't know, kind of just go off on these tangents, and you come up with these crazy ideas, and some of them are funny and just ridiculous. But other times you come across something, you think, oh my word, what if... What if we did that? And something begins to happen in you. And that's what God wants. I think that's the worship he wants with us. He wants that connection with us. And he wants to help us. And for, uh, if I'm allowed to say this, for us to help him in seeing what he wants laid out on the earth. And so we get inspired by his voice. And I wonder if it just, if, 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 if what you're feeling to do is, um, if, if your relationship with God is that, you know, he's the boss and I just do what he says. I wonder if that's why so many people who would say they believe in God and hear from God get stuck. Get stuck in not doing because they're waiting for God to tell them the exact thing to do the whole time. Rather than deciding, wow, yeah, I get to do this. And he wants to hear my ideas and I'm going to try something, you know. And suddenly you realize that courage in the Bible, when people seem very courageous, maybe it's maybe it's not just through grit and determination, um, although that has to be there somewhere. You have to actually do something probably. Um, but more more kind of like, well, what? wow, yeah, what if this works? What if we did it like this? And what seems like courage is just this kind of flash of inspiration in them, a spark in them that inspires them to go and do something. What if that was it, rather than just, oh, you just have to nail down and just carry on and plod on, you know, nevertheless, we've got to keep going and doing this. You know, David was then inspired to, uh, after Saul, who gets, uh, who God takes his favour away from, he then anoints David as king, and at the end of David's life, he's inspired to, build the temple when that was not God's idea that was entirely David's idea and God says yeah let's do that that sounds good <laughs> and he wasn't able to for various reasons but it's like David was inspired by all this time we'd spent with God and he wanted to honor him and and do something for him and God says yeah let's do that Let's make this temple let's make a place where people can come and gather uh, and and share life and uh, be with me and we can have relationship. And David pushed everything into a new, uh, an incredible new realm. And so maybe you're struggling with, um, you're, you feel stuck in, some, in a place. Maybe you feel stuck in what you would call your worship to God. And I would say, Look, what was the last thing you're sure God said to you? And what have you 
done about that? Have you had any ideas? Or did you just say, oh, that sounds like a good idea? And you've just been asking God, oh, can you show me exactly what to do, just step by step, because I don't want to get it wrong. And maybe God's waiting for for your ideas, for you to step out and go for it and trust that what he said is true. Because I wonder if often it comes down to trust. Do I trust that God's good? Do I trust that he's with me? In order to step out and do those great things that he that I've that I know that people are called to do. So maybe go back to the last place that you definitely know God was speaking to you and think, have I done anything about that? Have I thought about that for myself? How would I do that? Because I think God's interested in that. I don't think he wants to just be the boss. I don't think he wants to just tell you exactly what to do. Right? Because that's not how we grow as people. If we want to grow... We need to try some things. With my kids, we need to try things like that, right? I don't just do everything for them because they wouldn't grow. And God's too good to leave us where we are. God's too good to leave us where we are. He's always drawing us onto the next step. And so our worship is to hear what he's saying, to lean into him, to have our our ears and eyes open to what he's doing. And as we're hearing, and as we're being inspired by something he said, for us to begin to take the risk, because he's taken a risk on us, right? Take a risk, and that we go and do something, and we create something, and maybe it fails, but as far as I'm aware, if it, if we believe what Jesus said and that it is finished then we can trust him. And even if we get it wrong and we make a mistake, it doesn't matter. We do our best with what we've done. We clear up the mess that we've made and we carry on and we don't let it define us and we carry on and we lean into him more and say, yes, this is what I want to do. Is there there anything else about this? (laughs) You know? And so we're constantly connected with him. Right? Constantly connected with him is our worship. And then we bring something out and do something. So, I hope you've enjoyed this, episode six, and you found it helpful. Uh, Again, you can reach me uh, at nath, nath underscore pod. Uh, And uh, if you want to rate and review on iTunes, that would be great. Uh, I've got a very exciting week and a busy week coming up, so... I hope everybody has a great week. Every one of you has a great week, whatever you're doing. Remember, I love you and goodbye.